Las acciones dicen más que las palabras. Abre el Pro Access Tailgate disponible de la nueva Ford F-150. Sí, una puerta oscilatoria de fácil acceso para convertir su cama en tu nuevo taller. Conecta tus herramientas al Pro Power Onboard disponible. Ya sea que necesites soldar o cortar madera, con la F-150 puedes. Fuerza así de inteligente, solo puede ser F-150. Construida con orgullo Ford. Pro Access Tailgate disponible en la primavera de 2024. This is Juntos We Shine, a podcast about inspirational people who lift up and nurture their communities in visionary ways. Hello, I'm Karina Vanda. Welcome to Juntos We Shine, powered by Target. She was discovered at the age of 14 singing in a church choir. Now, Adrian Bailon Hutton uses her voice in multiple platforms to celebrate her roots and spread a message of faith and understanding. It's awesome that I get a platform to talk about what I believe and to hopefully encourage somebody, bring hope to somebody. In the process, she has paved the way for other Hispanic artists to embrace their Latinidad and true selves. Welcome to Juntos We Shine, Adrian. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. First of all, the setup is like, I'm in la casa tuya. Like, this sí, is amazing. Casa this is, is yes, casa, gracias. Right? <laughs> Me siento bien. Chill, I love it. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. We want you to feel like home. Thank and, you. And we're very happy that you're here to Thank share with us more about me. you and your Latinidad. And what if we start talking about that? You grew up in the Lower East Side of mm -hmm. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Was music always part of your life? For sure. My father actually came to this country from Ecuador when he was 35 years old, which is crazy because that's my age. Actually, I'm not 36. But um, he actually came to this country at that age to be a salsa cumbia singer in a nightclub in Queens, New York. And that's actually how my mom met my dad. He was singing in the band and she was there to dance. So uh, music has always been a huge part of my household. Uh, my dad then became like a worship leader in church. I was raised super pentecostal. And uh, so I grew up singing in church and also just having amazing music at home from Hector Lavoe, Celia Cruz, La India, Mark Anthony. So music was in your blood? A hundred percent. My dad would be like, we're gonna learn a song. Like from when I was like two or three years old, I learned how to harmonize with my sister when I was like four. First time I sang in church, I was like five. My dad can sing, my mom can't, but she likes to sing, so there's that. There's passion about yeah, singing. Yeah, she's passionate so about counts. singing, even if it doesn't sound good. I read that in one point, you wanted to be an obstetrician. Yes. And your academic path was taking you in that direction. Absolutely, crazy, right? yeah. So I actually went to a junior high school that specialized in the arts, like, you know, singing, dancing, acting. And it was supposed to prepare me to audition for a Juilliard or LaGuardia school. And at the last minute, I punked out. I was like, um, number one, I didn't have the money to take headshots. Like, my family's super humble beginnings, so we didn't have money. Like, other kids were putting their portfolios together. I didn't have headshots. I didn't have the money to, like, cut a demo of me singing. I And so, honestly, I just chickened out. I was like, I'm probably not going to get accepted into any of these schools, so let me not even try, and I'll just go in a completely different direction. Music will always be my passion, but my professional career, I'm going to go into the medical field. My mom at the time was working at Cornell Medical. My sister is a registered nurse. Yeah. So I ended up going to a school that specialized in health professions and human services. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, like, I'll be like the singing obstetrician. I'll like <laughs> sing the babies out <laughs> of the, the womb. Yeah. But um, <laughs> crazy enough is 
how destiny works, and I believe yeah. that how God just makes things happen exactly the way they're supposed to. In my second year in high school, I had to, I was required to do an internship at Beth Israel, which was right across the street from my school. And I went in there and was filing some work and a guy walked in named Reggie. And he was like, yo ma, you sing? And I was like, what do you want to hear? I can sing in Spanish, I can sing in English. Like, what are you feeling? It's a gospel song, like, what do you want to hear? And um, it's because of that guy that I actually ended up being in the first group 3LW. So just crazy how I wanted to like go the medical field and God was like, ha no. And you're back to music. Yes, and, and how universe works too, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. It, it's crazy. But I heard that Ricky Martin mm -hmm. was part of your beginning as well. For sure. How? So I sang in my church choir and my church choir actually was a part of a huge conference at Madison Square Garden. And... Ricky Martin's concert was going to be the next day. Okay. So he was in the building just looking around, coming through, coming up with ideas for what he was going to do for a show. It was for the Vuelve tour. Remember? Vuelve, que si ti la vida se me va. Does anybody ever hear that girl in the background doing the ukus? That's you? Li no, I wish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but if you ever listen to the song, now listen to the girl in the background, you'll be like, oh, wow, that is a very prominent moment in the song that you may not have noticed. <laughs> well, I actually was a part of the choir that was singing there that day. And Ricky saw our choir and he was like, I need that for my show tomorrow. When we end the show with Vuelve, I want a choir to come out. Granted, the choir was huge, so they ended up having to scale it down. And it ended up being like an ensemble version. And we each auditioned for who was actually going to be on the stage with Ricky Martin. And I ended up going in there and having to sing my part. Oh, wow. It was actually, vuelve, vuelve. That was the only part we had to sing. If you couldn't hit that note, like, you should not be in a choir. <laughs> so uh, I went and I auditioned, and they're like, absolutely, we want her in it. And then because I was the shortest one, I was the first one to walk out on the stage. So nervous. I obviously had never performed in front of an audience like Madison Square Garden. The most random thing I remember is Heineken was the sponsor. So everybody had on these little buttons that blinked in green. And all I could see was this, literally this ocean, like this like sea of these little flickering lights. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh man, like if I ever get the chance to do this professionally, this is definitely what I want to do. So I credit him for sure for handpicking me, choosing me. Oh. I'm, I'm 35 now. That was like over 20-something years ago. And I'm like, can I get a second chance to perform at Madison Square Garden? No? Can I sing again? One more time. Anybody, I'm available. Let me know. So then you went to 3LW, Yeah. Right? It started Madison Square Garden. I was 14. Then at 15, I did the internship. The guy walks in and is like, do you want, do you sing? And he actually was scouting for a manager that was trying to put together a girl group. So he was like, yo, you and all your girlfriends, like if they can sing, come and audition for me. And that was auditioning for 3LW. And so, so random. That was it. Your, your career was launched. That was it. So I met the manager in April. We practiced all summer long. By August, we were showcasing for record labels. A lot of people don't know this story. Uh, 3LW showcased for Tommy Mottola at the Sony Studios in Hell's Kitchen. And at the time, they had signed Mark Anthony to do his English album. And he was recording oh, wow. his English album at the time at the studios. And Tommy went and got him and was like, I'm checking out this little girl group that's singing. Come and join me. So my first showcase for the record deal that I ended up getting for Sony Epic was in front of Tommy Mottola 
and Mark Anthony. Wow. I was like crying afterwards. <laughs> I got him to sign something for me, oh. and that was because I was such a huge Mark Anthony fan. And I'm sure you called your mom and your dad. Oh, I was I crying. just performed for Mark Anthony. Oh, hysterica. <laughs> like, oh my God. And the crazy thing was the song that I auditioned with was Preciosa. Oh, That's wow. literally the song that I just so I told him I'm like you don't understand I got into the group because I sang Preciosa like and that was so awesome until this day we're actually pretty good friends oh, wow. I always remind him of that story wow. I'm like you were at my audition for Tommy Matola for my showcase and we got our first record deal Sony Epic that day and were you prepared for fame as a such a young age yeah I love the saying um, there's no such thing as luck it's just opportunity meeting preparation yes, for sure. and I have to be I honest. like that quote yeah it's so good right mm -hmm. and as much as I want to be like oh fue el destino and all whatever no like yeah. I was prepared and when I say that I probably don't mean that in the best way I was psychotic about rehearsing and practicing to the point where my mom was like, Nana, please be quiet. We're going to get kicked out of our apartment if you don't stop singing <laughs> La India at the top of your lungs. Because all I did, I was like a very boring teenager. I was very focused. Um, I joke around that obviously we couldn't afford like vocal lessons. So I would just sit and sing Selena and like La India. Like those are the people. I would sing Mariah Carey. Mm -hmm. at the, I couldn't hit the notes, but I would try. And I'd be in there. Huh? I'd be like... For like so extra. My mom was like, Nana, it's nine o'clock at night. Like you have to be quiet. So I really honed my craft in the sense that like I would sing at the drop of a dime. If someone asked me if there was an opportunity for local theater, if there was an opportunity in a church play for choir, for the worship team, I was like, I'm there. Yeah. I want to do it. Yes. So really I had been practicing for all of these years, just waiting for that opportunity. And I do believe that um, if you have a passion, if you believe in, if you just have a love for something, just prepare yourself that and believe that that moment absolutely will come. And guess what? You'll be ready. Yeah, and, and speaking of your mom, yeah. how did she react when you got this opportunity? Terribly. Awful. She's like a classic Puerto Rican, New Yorkian, Pentecostal mom. She was like, oh my God, like, this is my baby. Like, I can't just give her to the wolves, which I think is how people in New York perceive, like, Hollywood and the music industry. You're like, oh, my God, ella va a estar en droga. Like, you know, you just think of, like, the worst scenarios ever. And that was definitely my mom. The crazy thing is that when I was in elementary school, this theater company in New York City that really wanted me to be a part of them. And I remember my mom was like, absolutely not. She's too young. I don't want my daughter to be in that kind of thing. I want her to have like a regular life and get an education. On top of that, obviously, church folks being like, how is she going to use her talent for the world? She's supposed to be singing for the Lord. And um, that first time around when I got the opportunity, she said, absolutely not. But now the second opportunity with 3LW came up and she was like, you know what? I need to pray about it. And the crazy thing was, she was like, as much as I didn't want to let you go, something told me you have to let her take this opportunity. So she said she went home and she was praying and she said that God Aww. spoke to her and told her, like, you have to let her do this. Like, this is her destiny. And as much as people, you know, in our neighborhood or church was going to talk about us and be like, how could you let her be a part of that? My mom felt in her heart peace. She was like, I feel peace that, like, this is what you're supposed to do and that maybe... You know, people will criticize us that, oh, you're singing for the world. But she's like, I just think you'll be able to reach people mm -hmm. that maybe we can't reach in the four walls of our church. Mm -hmm. Like our first tour with 3LW was the TRL tour. We were opening for Destiny's Child, Jessica Simpson, Nelly and Eve. Insane tour. And I'll never forget my mom putting me on the bus and just being like, 
never forget who you are. Like, you're going to be a light in dark places. Even till this day, if I go into things, I'm like, be a light. Like, remember, you're representing something. And that, yes, that's something I always will never forget. Oh, yeah, that's love that. so nice. And yeah. that's so beautiful. Because at the end of the day, yeah. we, we understand, right? There are yeah. parents and they want the best yeah. for us. And to this day, she tells me, you will never understand until oh. you become a parent. And I'm like, that's so true. I still don't get it. But oh. I get why, like... I call my mom every single day. Le pido la bendición. Oh, like, now that I'm getting older, I'm starting to understand, but I'm sure it'll become even that much more clear to me once yeah. I have my own children. Oh, that's so nice and yeah. beautiful. So um, how was the transition from being a singer for 3LW to an, an actor for the Disney Channel? I feel like, pues, as a Latina, I'm super dramatica already, <laughs> so it kind of just worked out. <laughs> Disney was casting a movie about a girl group, mm -hmm. and they were like, well, then let's just have the girl groups that are, like, popping right now come and audition. But my first audition was so embarrassing. I had never read a script before in my entire life, so I got it, like, the morning of, and I had to go into my audition, and I remember being so nervous, I went in, I had my little paper. I had memorized some of it, but I still had it just in case. And I had to do the scene actually with uh, Sabrina Bryan, who played Dorinda. And I've told this story before, but it's so embarrassing. I literally did the audition like this. Like it was the scene where I find out that she is a foster child. And I'm like, you're a cheetah girl because of what's in your heart. Pura vida, mama, pura vida. Leans in and hugs her tightly. I read the directions. <laughs> out loud. Like, I thought that was part of the yeah, line. So I was like, leans in and hugs her tightly. Like, they were like, no, mamita, like, you no, need no, to no. go outside. And they actually had the executive producer, who's an incredible woman, Deborah Martin Chase, uh, came outside with me and she was like, okay, so these parts, you're not gonna say those parts. That's the action that you're going to do. You're gonna hug her and pull her in tightly, but you don't read that part. And I was like, Oh, my bad. So I sat out there. She gave me like 15 minutes. She's like, read it over. And when you're ready, let us know and you'll come back in an audition. Until this day, I have a great relationship with Deborah. Like, I clearly did a terrible job. And I've asked her, why did you let me do it again? Trust me, I've gone on like 100 auditions since then. No one has let me do it again. <laughs> They're like, oh, that was awful. Thank you, next. We won't be reaching out to you. But, um... I asked her why, and she's like, from the moment you walked through the door, like, I just knew you were Archuchi. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's so dope. She's like, you just embodied what the average young Latina. I feel so blessed because in so many people's lives and in their careers, they felt like, oh, is being Latino or being first generation in this country, is that something that's going to hold me back? Mm -hmm. And I have always felt the opposite. I've always felt like embracing my Latinidad has been what propelled my career. Um, I'm grateful for people really trying to create diversity in Disney Channel, in programs like that, because if it wasn't for that, there would never have been a role for a girl like me. Yeah. And I love that um, being authentically super Latina The producer saw that right away and was like, that's what we need. That's what we want. So I'm just so grateful. Yeah. That was a huge opportunity that literally changed my life. Basically, like a message of be, be proud of who you yes, are. Yes, be authentic be in authentic. everything that you do. Um, I even have found that there was a time where I had an agent that was like, um, you can't go out for Caucasian roles because you're just too Latina. And I was like, Well, you send other Latinas out for Caucasians. They're like, yeah, but they're like, hi, I'm Latina. And you're like, hola, yo soy Latina. <laughs> like, they're like, there's a difference. <laughs> and so that made me think like, damn, like, do I have to adjust like adjust something? and like pipe that down? And I'm not going to lie. I tried that. 
it never worked. It has never worked for me. Uh, I think people have a sixth sense to what's real and what's not real. And they have always been like, that's what made me special. That's what made me stand out. It was part of me, my cultura, the fact that I'm proud of it, the fact that I speak Spanglish almost 24 hours a day. Um, and I think it's, you have to take the things that people will say are going to hold you back and turn them into your strengths. Like people would, may have seen that as a weakness, like, okay, you sound extra New York and extra, not just Latina, but probably urban Latina. And um, I just use that at my advantage. People are looking for diversity. They're looking for people to be authentically who they are. Real they want to see real people that they can identify with, that they can relate to. The greatest thing I got was when I was in Cheetah Girls, we'd do meet and greets after the concerts. And there was always moms that would come back and be like, she didn't want to speak Spanish, but then she heard you speaking Spanish, oh. singing Ala Nanita Nata, Nana and Amigas Cheetahs. And now she wants to get more into it and she's proud of being. And that, to me was like the greatest compliment. That felt so fulfilling. I was like, man, I have purpose in what I do and that feels great. You were a light. Thank yes, you. you were a light. Thank you. So um, from singing yeah. to acting and then hosting, how did that happen? Never planned it. I never <laughs> planned it. I mean, You growing, have a huge angel, right? Uh, you have an angel. Like a huge, I, I swear that it's like my abuelita, I call her my tita. I swear it was like her prayer. She was a super prayer warrior. And um, I just feel God has kind of been the one that has always directed my path and my career. But I've always been open to the opportunities. I came into this industry wanting to be an actress and a singer. And I was like, that's my talent. My talent is I'm an actress and I'm a singer. Like, that's my gift. I have vocal ability. I take in at this point, never took acting classes. But I'm like, <laughs> I've got a few acting gigs under my belt. This is what I do. And then at some point, I started getting all these opportunities to host and interview singers and actors. And if I'm honest, at some point, I didn't feel great about it. I was like, wait, I'm the one that's supposed to be getting interviewed. Like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And I always say that the thing that messes us up in life the most is our expectation of how it's supposed to be. Like everyone's journey is different. And sometimes I think we look at other people's journeys or how their career worked out and we're like, no, it has to work this way. Like I have to be successful this way. And it has to be that I started my career here. Jennifer Lopez put out an album at 29. I have to put one out at 29. Like, no, <laughs> we can mess ourselves up mm -hmm. in our minds and like compare ourselves to other yeah, people's and journeys and other bad. people's yes, success. Yes. And had I really gotten terribly caught up in that and let my ego get the best of me, I never would have continued to do those hosting gigs. Mm -hmm. So literally, Extra would call me and be like, we need someone on the red carpet in New York for the VMAs. Will you host the red carpet? And actually, at the time, my management was like, you need to stop doing stuff behind the carpet, behind you know the mm -hmm. rope, mm -hmm. and you should be the one in front of it because once people start seeing you too much behind it, then they won't take you seriously and this whole thing. And I was like, no, it's an opportunity. I want to do it. So I started doing extra. Then I got to working on MTV. I actually had a show called Afternoons on MTV. Then I got the call to do the auditions for this show that they were putting together of, you know, a panel of minority girls that had never been done. And I was like, okay, cool. It's an opportunity. You have to be open to the opportunities that don't fit your plan. I would have literally been like, no, I'm a singer and an actress. Like, it doesn't take talent to host, right? And I really used to think that. It doesn't take talent to be like, 
high and be a personality. Like I would always hear she's an on-air personality. Like what does that mean? And our first producer, um, Sally Ann Salsano, that casted me in The Real, she turned to me and she was like, don't beat yourself up thinking that being on-air host or being a TV host or being just somebody that like interviews people isn't a talent or a gift. There were so many girls that auditioned to be on The Real that were incredibly talented actresses and singers. And she's like, do you know what your biggest talent is? The camera comes on and you act exactly like yourself. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, that's a gift that the red light comes on on the camera and you don't suddenly talk like this and you're like, hello, welcome to The Real. And they're like, you are yourself yes. on camera and that is a gift. Being able to be yourself on television and just authentically be who you are is a gift and a talent. So now I'm like... I am talented. Yeah, of Boom. course. Who knew? Yes. Who knew? For, for the past six years, you have been a co-host for The Real. Thank you. And it seems that you girls have a lot of fun We have the time. best time ever. <laughs> so again, it goes back to like, is this a job? Is this a talent? <laughs> is this a gift? But I'll take it. I'll take it that yeah. it is. But we really just have the greatest time. I think what makes me most proud is one that it's never been done before. We are the first to have a platform that looks like us, that to me looks like what the real world looks like, a mixture of women, and that we tackle conversations that some people aren't willing to talk about. We keep it real about everything. I love that we can go from extremes to dying laughing about something super silly and also ta tackling really difficult conversations about politics and um, just issues that are going on in the world. And I love more than anything that we empower women and that we hopefully represent that they can be us and that anything is possible and that women can get along. Right. And how did it feel to be the first Latina winning an Emmy as a, a daytime co-host? Crazy. It honestly was bittersweet because when The Real was launching in 2013, they started putting that in my bio and I called my agent. I'm like, that can't be right. Like, that's got to be wrong. There's no way that in 2013, I'm the first Latina daytime talk show host on English TV. Obviously, we have Cristina and Laura and so many other ones. Se abuso, se abuso. Okay. <laughs> But, um, uh, be like, señorita Laura, que pasa desgraciado? Que pasa desgraciado? With that voice. And I'm like, I'm like, ay, pero señorita Laura, que yo todavía estoy enamorada de él. No. But um, I, I was like, that can't be possible. And they're like, no, trust me, we've done all the research and the stats. You are the first. And I, as much as that was such an honor, and I'm like, what? Like, that's mind-blowing. It actually made me really sad because I felt like it's it was 2013. Like, this is so, why are we so late mm -hmm. with this? Like, this should have been happening years ago. While I was bittersweet, I do take great honor in it. And I just pray that this opens doors for the generations, for your kids, my kids to watch daytime TV and be like, oh, I can definitely do that. I've seen myself represented there. At the same time, as much as I want to like represent Latinos, it's a lot of pressure to be like, I'm the voice of them. No, I'm the voice of Adrian Bailon. I'm not like, my opinions are not sponsored by, what is that when people say like, the views and opinions by this person is not covered by all Latinos in all around the world. But um, yeah, I feel proud and I pray that I make you guys proud. Of course, and, and we know your mom was your date. 
Yes, the, the year that we won. <laughs> yes. Yes, I say she's my good luck charm. Aww. So I need to take her this year if we get nominated. She's got to come with me. I got to take <laughs> Sorry, her. Sorry, Israel, you're not coming I know. to the Emmys. Sorry, babe. <laughs> I love you. We'll celebrate when we get home, but yeah. mommy's coming with me. Oh, so we're going to take a very quick break. Okay, awesome. And when we come back, we're going to have someone who's very special to you. En nuestro próximo episodio de Juntos We Shine presentado por Target, tenemos la dicha de conversar con el cantante Pedro Capó sobre su mega éxito Calma, que ganó dos Latin Grammys y se ha convertido en un fenómeno mundial. Creo que este tipo de canción que se vuelve fenómeno es porque encuentra un tiempo preciso que estaba esperando. Creo que la gente está viviendo a tanta prisa, vivimos a tanta prisa, vivimos un teléfono que a nivel de atención cada vez más pequeño y hacía falta calma. Y la gente lo recibió así, le dieron una canción que nunca se escribió con intención de que fuera un éxito mundial. Fue jugando en el estudio, haciendo lo que más amamos de manera divertida eh, y con cierta inocencia. Welcome back to Juntos We Shine, and now is joining the podcast Lana Hu Wat Mei, who is Adrian's executive assistant. But back then, she was her biggest fan. Yeah, I still am. Oh, oh yes, oh, oh. come through with the compliments. <laughs> so, how did you meet? Uh, I actually went to the show The Real during the test season, and we had already followed each other on Instagram for a while. Right. I had these group of people that were all my fans, and then they called themselves Team AB, and then they became friends with each other. They're connecting over their love for me. This is amazing. But um, I, I was like, I want them to be able to come and do cool experiences that they actually can do with me. So I gave them the information. So we met there, and then she invited us to a photo shoot she was doing for, I think it was Latina Magazine. Or yeah, something. I invited them, because I, I thought it was dope that They had become friends with each other. And Lana reached out to somebody. To your former assistant at the time. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'm on my way. Do you guys need anything? I'm stopping at Starbucks, right? Because I was going to get some for myself. So she texted me everyone's orders and I just showed up like with... with She showed up to the photo shoot with everyone's order. Like Ray, my hairstylist, my makeup artist, yeah. my order. And she was like, hi, I didn't want to come empty-handed. And I was like... That's so dope. So later that day, my assistant at the time was moving back to New York, so I was looking for a replacement. And I was like, would you ever consider, like, being my assistant? Interning first. Oh, yeah. interning uh -huh. as my assistant, yeah. Because we don't hire people until we see how they see do. How they, it's like a 30-day trial. <laughs> it's a 30-day trial. Now, this is the crazy thing. She says yes to the internship. Uh -huh. Two months later, I get engaged. And oh, wow, that was the timeline. Two months later, I got married. So imagine being an intern and your job is to plan my entire wedding. In oh two God. months. In two no, months. In a different country. Where no one in a different English. language. Oh, wow. Yes. Well my done. <laughs> well done. So, well done. So you you passed the biggest test, right? Yeah, family is usually the biggest test, but I Explain mean, that. Explain that. So when we bring someone on, the first test is. Family is really important to her and family is really important to me. Mm -hmm. So if you could mesh well with our families, not like, oh, get along with them, but 
if you could handle her family being in town, you can oh. handle anything. Like, because <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's more work when there's more people involved, course, you know. Yes. So you have to be patient. But so I think caring. it's also really important to see how you treat my she, family. Exactly. Oh my God, yeah. She'll tell people she's like, you don't understand. Like, family is everything to her. And I was listening to a video that you did together. Oh gosh. And I saw that one of the things that you really like about her mm -hmm. is that she cares about you. Yes. It might be overbearing, guys, but it's okay. <laughs> you care about me, but you're also really honest with me. And that was the most important thing to me. Simple things that I would notice early on that like, I would always tell my husband, you can't pay someone to care. You can pay someone to do a job, right? We, we all get paid to do jobs in our lives, but you can't pay someone to actually care and be invested in someone's well-being. I can't pay someone to be invested in my family. I can't pay someone to be invested in my life, in my career, in my business, in what I look like. And Lana would be the one, which I love, like if we're filming something like this, especially at The Real, she'll be like, sit up straight or suck your stomach in. And I, instead of being Just offended- Just she won't like it in post, not because I'm trying to be- No, because you know that in, in, in the end, if I see the photo, I'm not gonna like the way that. Mm -hmm. But she never had a problem just being honest with me. And she's never had a problem disagreeing with me. Ever. And I love that. I don't want to have people around me that just think I'm amazing and everything I do is great. She'll take me aside and be like, A, you need to focus, you need to do this. Or if I am not focused or if um, I'm in my phone, people think that because you're on TV, you're an extrovert. And I'm actually a super introvert. So I will sit and like just be on my phone and she'll be like, you're being incredibly rude. Put your phone down. People are here. Like, but I need that and I love that. And I love that she's never been afraid to stand up to me and tell me if I'm wrong or disagree. We work on so much business together that it's necessary. That like, that's a terrible idea, Adrian. That's not what you're going to do. And I'll be like, really? Why? And she'll tell me why. And I'll be like, damn, you make a great point, Lana. That is a great point. Yeah. So part of your success is also having Lana next to you. Oh my sure. gosh, a hundred percent. She was a for 15 years before me. She made it all but by herself. You no, know, but we just grew together. Yeah. So nice. I mean, all of my success is Adrian. Lana, so. thank you so much for of being course. It, joining these tasks. We love you. Yeah. Have a great you. interview. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Much for being so nice. She's so kind, and she I also really is. I also um, hear that one of the things that you really like is that you don't have to tell her what to do. Like she, she's five steps ahead at all times, at all times. And I love that. And now that she's moving into a management position, she literally is my right hand in everything that we do. And Lana knows how to execute the ideas that I have. So I, I've always been like, oh, I have these great ideas. But if I'm honest, sometimes I'm terrible at executing them and actually making them happen. And she's like, I got it. I'll make it happen for you. And I love that. So what, what's the biggest lesson you have learned being a singer, an actress, and now a host? The biggest lesson that I have learned, hard work pays off, being true to yourself pays off. And the biggest lesson that I've learned in this industry in general is talent will only get you in the door. Integrity will keep you in the room. Wow. There is nothing that I get more pleasure out of than doing a job. And then like the producer or someone on set will know someone that I know and be like, Adrian was such a pleasure to work with. She was so great to work with. She was professional. She was um, great, like she was down to earth. And that is like what drives me at this point. Like I just want to be a good person and I want to be able to do the things that I love, but at the same time be good to the people around me while I'm doing it. Your so. husband, Israel Houghton, is a Christian 
music singer and he songwriter. Is. Does religion and faith play an important role in all the projects you are involved in? For sure. I think my work is a reflection of who I am. So everything that I do definitely reflects uh, my faith. Even in the smallest things, I feel like being on the real, there's moments where we have like honest conversations and I'll be like, conversations like this where I'm like, God was leading my path. But uh, that's really what I believe. And I think um, it's awesome that I get a platform to talk about what I believe and to hopefully encourage somebody, bring hope to somebody. Yeah, I think definitely having married my husband, I feel more confident in expressing that. I feel grateful that I have somebody that believes in me and mm -hmm. pushes me and um, encourages me to speak my mind. And, and, and you grateful. share that too with your fans through your YouTube channel. Yes. All Things Adrian. Yeah. And you're willing to talk about everything. You're open about your personal life. Um, also, you confess that you are frugal. I am frugal, Fran. I don't like to spend a lot of money. I think it is so important to also encourage this younger generation to be smart about how they spend their money. Um, I know they see so many of us on TV and on Instagram, front and for the gram, and everything looks really expensive and dope, but I think it's so important for them to know that even if you have money, that doesn't mean you have to be unwise with it and you don't have to spend it on just anything. So yeah, I'm super honest on it. I'm grateful for the real because it allows us to like debate our opinions. And um, some of the things we talk about on there are way more controversial versus like all things Adrian just allows me to like let my hair down, let my fans get to know who I am one-on-one. -on -one. So a lot of people might be wondering if I ever had a quinceañera, and the answer is no. But it's not because I didn't want one. It's because I couldn't afford one. So I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that. You know, in some people's families, the quinceañeras are literally like a wedding, like straight up a boda. You need a DJ, a hall, dresses, gowns, and um, I just couldn't afford that growing up. It's, it feels a bit more personal, um, so I love that. And yes, I'm honest about everything. I am frugal. I cook really strange things and eat really weird things. And <laughs> my Spanish is not perfect. Oh, but I love the video where you did a makeup tutorial in Spanish. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it was like in Spanglish. In Spanglish. Yeah. But you did great. Yeah, but we it was really so crazy. That. We Thank really you. I, I actually want my Spanish to get better because the day that I have children, my husband actually is going to take Spanish lessons because I want us to speak in Spanish at home as much as we possibly can. Um, I think that's a great thing that I can pass down to my children, but I got, I got to get my Spanish together first. <laughs> <laughs> so Might let's help. talk about your baby, business baby. Yes. XI, XI. Yes. What inspired you to do it? Honestly, as a Latina, I swear that I left the hospital when I was born with like three anklets, two necklaces. <laughs> my ears were pierced. I had a mano de sabache. Like I had a pinky <laughs> ring leaving the hospital. Mm -hmm. So jewelry has always been such a huge part of my life, my family, my culture. I used to say that like, I don't know if we can make the rent this year, but I'll definitely have like a nameplate for my birthday and for Christmas. Like that was the thing we got. And one of my favorite pieces was actually a praying hands necklace that belonged to my grandmother that she gave to me. So it was passed down from generation to generation. And I would wear that. And crazy thing is a random necklace, a cross necklace that I got. It was actually like a, 
a Jesus necklace that I had from Joyeria Pepe on Delancey Street, random. So I got the necklace from there and I would wear them together. And all of my fans were always asking me, where are those necklaces from? Where are those necklaces? Because at the time, coin necklaces became super popular. Oh, yeah. Barney's mm -hmm. was selling them, Saks Fifth mm -hmm. Avenue. They were selling them for all this money. And I'm like, that looks like what you get like in Harlem and you know, in El Barrio. Like that just looks like the jewelry we've been wearing forever. So I had the idea. I was like, how can I make this affordable for my fans, which was my number one thing, because I'm like, they are me and I am them. Like I once was the girl that is my fan. And how do I make a product that she can absolutely afford, but at the same time love and that it's glamorous. So we did it and it was affordable. We named the first collection Faith and Familia because the pieces were like praying hands and a mm. cross and mm. um, and they were pieces that I got from my familia. And so, you are wearing it right now. Yeah, right? this is actually our new necklace oh. that just came out and it's called Prayers Up. And it's mm. praying hands and we just have so much fun creating it. My stepdaughter, she's the one that runs our social media. Uh, she models for the company. The other two girls that model are also really good friends of mine, Tasha, Rocky. So it is like a family business. And your mom and your sister, they, yes. they are always by your side. They are. And supporting you in all your yeah. dreams. My mom literally wears all of my pieces. Like she goes to work, she still works at Cornell in New York and she'll literally go to work with like layers of necklaces on. And she's just so proud of me and that means so much to me. For the heirloom collection that I did with my mom and my sister and my nieces, we literally took old pictures of my grandmother sitting, standing on top of a tenement building in New York City, mm. holding my mom as a baby. And using those old photos, I just pray that every single time a fan or a customer gets a piece of XIX that they feel like they've gotten a piece of me yeah. and that they know me just a little bit better and that they feel closer to me. And, and with these so many accomplishments, is there something you dream about doing next? Yes. I want to be a mom. Oh. Like, that'll be my greatest accomplishment. And then after being a mom, there's going to be so many other things that I'm going to want to develop from there, whether it be children's jewelry to children's clothing. I would love to launch home and decor, candles, bedding. Um, that would be a dream come true, for sure. Adrian, congratulations in everything you, you have so done. Much. And and I really hope you, you can thank be you, a mom you. pretty soon. Thank you. Yeah, I know it's coming from your heart. Thank so you. God will know when it's thank the right you. time. See, he's worked everything and else yes. out for me. I'm believing the same. Yeah, thank you for being in the podcast, for sharing thank your you. light with us, for making us laugh thank and you. have a great time with you. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karina. I really appreciate thank it. That's all for this episode of Juntos We Shine, powered by Target. I'm Karina Banda. Please don't forget to subscribe. Aloha, mamá. Sorry por responder hasta ahora. Estuve toda la tarde con mi unidad arreglando un helicóptero Black Hawk. Hawái es increíble. Luego te cuento más. Te quiero. Be all you can be. Visitando goarmy.com diagonal español.